BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases, anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey, this is episode number 83 of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, the podcast that takes a hardcore look get some softcore crimes. I'm your boy, Leroy, coming at you straight out of the closet with a tale about a relationship that went sour due to one man's fragile ego, jealousy, and paranoia. And it led to some very strange behavior. I can't wait to get into it. But before we do that, I want to wish everyone a happy Halloween. I didn't do a Halloween-themed episode. Maybe next year. I'll do it in the beginning of October. This episode's released October 30th. By the time most of you give it a listen, spooky season will be over. I find people are excited about Halloween all through October, but it's one of those holidays when it's over, it's over, and we all move on to the next thing and don't want to hear about it for a while. With that being said, why don't I tell you a spooky joke? Then we'll move on with the show. What do vampires use to make tea? Tampons. (laughs) I don't get it. Oh, wait a minute. Ew. All right, everybody. Hop in the minivan and let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with another tale of low-level true crime. And don't worry, my friends. I promise to get you back home nice and early. I don't want anyone becoming suspicious of our relationship. Episode number 83, The Paranoid Partner. While working one of my many shitty factory jobs, I met this guy named Jay. Jay was a good guy, so I was happy for him when he finally snagged himself a lady. Jay and this chick, oh man. To say they were in love would be an understatement. They were joined at the hip. Couldn't stand to have a moment apart. 
I'd see them ride into work together, then I'd see them out at break time, then lunch, then break time again, and then of course after work, there she was yet again. I thought, wow, that's commitment. She comes in and visits him at work every chance she gets. This went on for a couple weeks till I finally said something. I was all like, Jay man, your girlfriend must really like you to come drive out here so many times during your shift. Then he goes, who, Wendy? Nah man, Wendy don't drive. And I go, what the heck? I see you with her every break. And he goes, yeah, she just chills in my car the whole shift. Yikes. Yeah, every day she just sat in Jay's car the entire eight-hour shift, waiting for him to come out during his breaks. Jay got fired shortly after that, and I never saw him again, unfortunately. I sometimes wonder if he's still with that girl. And what was her deal? Was she obsessed with him? Did she have nothing better to do? Was it just puppy love? Or was it something less innocent? Was she jealous and possessive, making sure Jay didn't hang out with any other women, letting it be known that he was taken? Uh, I hope for his sake, it wasn't the latter. Okay, today we are headed to Wigan, which is a town located in Greater Manchester. We're in England for this one, mates. Wigan ain't a small town. It has a population of around 330,000 people. Is Wigan a good place to live? Perhaps. DestinationScanner.com says, Wigan is a bustling town connected easily to larger metropolitan areas like Manchester and Liverpool. It is easy to commute from Wigan and the real estate prices are to die for. There are excellent schools and other social amenities in the area. Living in Wigan is not a bad idea. Okay, well, that may be the truth, and while living in Wigan is not a bad idea, I'll tell you what is. Living in Wigan with a bloke by the name of John McLaughlin. I wish I had his middle name to throw in there to narrow it down, because I'm sure there are several wonderful John McLaughlins in the UK, but this guy is not one of them. The 32-year-old pile of scum is extremely insecure, jealous, manipulative, you name it. Don't let his dimples, nice smile, and dreamy eyes fool you like it did Devin. Devin is a lovely, vibrant woman. At 26 years of age, she's a single mom with a young daughter at home. And that's got to be tough. But, you know, she's very responsible. She's holding down a decent job. Uh, She's a letting agent, which I had no idea what that was. Apparently, a letting agent works for the landlord of a property to find suitable tenants, among other responsibilities. Anyway, with that nifty little setup, let's travel back to June of 2017. Devin is working away at her desk when John strolls in, and it's immediate fireworks. We're going to be getting lots of quotes from Devin here woven into the story. She really opens up about everything she went through and does an amazing job painting the picture. She starts off by saying, quote, I fancied him straight away. He had gorgeous green eyes and I fell for him. It was very romantic and exciting. The couple soon started dating and it seemed like Devin had lucked out. Found herself one of the good guys. Tell us more, Devin. At first, John was lovely, a real gentleman, and so caring and affectionate. I have a little girl who was seven and he was brilliant with her. 
reading her bedtime stories, cooking meals, and planning days out. He had a good job as an engineer, and he seemed like the perfect catch. End quote. That is really nice. He sounds like a great chap. There were no significant issues in the beginning of their courtship. John was very attentive to Devin's needs, and even her daughter enjoyed his company, which all us parents know is extremely important. It was all going real well. They moved in together. It was really fantastic for Devin. She was just beaming with joy at that point. But you know how these things go. It's always fresh and fun in the beginning. John kept this Mr. Perfect charade going on for as long as he could. But after a while, Devin started noticing some cracks in the facade. And the red flags were slowly popping up everywhere. Devin quote, John insisted on meeting me every day after work, which I thought was lovely at first. But if I tried to make any other arrangement, he would go mad. I soon realized he wanted to keep a check on me. But I just thought he was a bit insecure. I loved him so much. And my daughter adored him. So I was desperate to make things work. Yep. John's true colors were shining through. Mostly green. The color of jealousy. Envy. This guy was wild. And his controlling behavior would get way out of hand by the time the relationship was through. The first accusations came when John thought Devin was hooking up with the neighbor, a middle-aged man with whom she had very ordinary interactions with. Let's have Devin describe this in more detail. Quote, Our neighbor was married and middle-aged. He was one of my dad's mates. He was in no way flirty or inappropriate. But John was convinced I was having an affair with him and that we were meeting up secretly during the night. He started jamming paper on the top of our doors so he would know if they had been open during the night. He would leave his phone on record all night to catch anyone sneaking into the house. I tried to reason with him, but it was no good. I even bought a CCTV camera to show him I had nothing to hide. But John set the camera up to film inside our living room. He spent hours and hours checking the tape, trying to catch me out. If there was any sort of glitch on the tape... He would accuse me of stopping it whilst I had sex with a neighbor. End quote. Holy shit. This guy has mega trust issues. You gotta give your partner the benefit of the doubt. If they say they aren't cheating and you have zero proof, you have to accept that and move on. And if you can't, then get out of the relationship. Because it's not healthy for either person involved. It wasn't just the neighbor though. John thought Devin was banging everyone. To the point that it just got ridiculous. Devin quote, my best friend Leslie asked me to be her bridesmaid and he accused me of knocking off her fiancé that same day. He accused me of having affairs with our friends, neighbors, and the men who worked at a factory downtown. He even accused me of having an affair with his own dad. Yikes. Yeah, this guy 100% has issues. This would be a perfect time to throw an ad in for BetterHelp or one of those online therapy thingies. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go to the gym? Go for a run? Read a book? Take a nap? I'd probably take a nap. Yeah, definitely take a nap. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? And therapy can help you find what matters most to you, so you can do more of it. It's also helpful for learning positive coping skills and it empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And who doesn't want that? If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Sounds good, don't it? Learn to make time for what makes you happy 
with BetterHelp. Here's what you got to do. Visit BetterHelp.com slash excuse me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash excuse me. I got to tell you about Factor, everybody. Factor is awesome. And they make eating better easy with their delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Do you like to save time? Of course you do. With Factor, every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted and ready to go in just two minutes. There's no prep and no mess. The meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no cooking or cleanup necessary, which is great if you're a person like me who is always on the go. Eating fast food is fun, but let's face it, it's usually greasy and has become quite expensive. We've done the math, the numbers are in, and Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious so you can feel good about your choices. So what are you waiting for, Illegalites? Head to factormeals.com slash excuse me, that's illegal 50, and use code excuse me, that's illegal 50 to get 50% off. That's code excuse me, that's illegal 50 at factormeals.com slash excuse me, that's illegal 50 to get 50% off. Unfortunately, I don't have one of those. But yeah, he thought if he turned his back for a second, she'd be milking the milkman or pouncing on the postman. It was pretty insane. This is real life, dude. It ain't a porno. Okay, let's hear more from Devin. Quote, I had a black box fitted to my car for the insurance, and John hacked into it and followed everything I did. I couldn't even drive to the corner shop without him demanding an explanation. If I went to see my mom or my sister, I had to send him a selfie to prove where I was. Okay, that's obviously nuts, but it escalates even further. February 14th, Devin buys John a gag gift, just joking around, and that turned out to be a huge mistake. Quote, I had bought a pair of handcuffs for John for Valentine's Day, just for a bit of a laugh. I was trying to make our relationship fun again. Uh, Let me just quickly interrupt here for a sec. The gift wasn't very well received, and the accusations continued to the point that Devin just got fed up. And then she said, Why don't you handcuff me then? That'll prove my point. She goes on to add, John actually took it seriously, and we went to bed handcuffed to each other so that he could monitor my movements. I lay there for hours, and eventually it was his decision to release me because he couldn't sleep. End quote. Yeah, brutal. And as you can imagine, All this checking in on Devin, reviewing footage, following her around and whatnot, well, that's time-consuming, especially when John feels he can't turn his back even for a second. So he does what any well-adjusted person would do, quits that lucrative engineering job so he can keep a watchful eye on his lady, full-time. Devin, quote, He would call and text me all day at work. Once he sat outside my work from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. in my car, He was really starting to worry me, and I pleaded with him to stop. After work, he would insist on inspecting my knickers to check if I'd been having sex at work. It was degrading. I was starting to lose my confidence, and the stress was really getting to me. End quote. Sniffing her panties after work. This guy's a real wanker. He must have busted out the blacklight looking for jizz stains, too. At this point, if I was Devin, I would just quit wiping my ass. Just leave nasty skid marks in my panties. How do you like that, John? Take a nice big whiff. All right. (laughs) Some of these silly headlines were what got my attention for this story. 
like the Mirror's headline, which read, Man smelt girlfriend's knickers and handcuffed himself to her at night to make sure she wasn't cheating. It all seemed silly at first, but after digging and hearing Devin's story, my heart breaks for her. How mentally and emotionally draining and exhausting would it be to have to deal with this guy? Thankfully, she didn't mention John acting crazy toward her daughter, but kids pick up on these things. They pay attention. And you best believe at seven years of age, that little girl knew what was going on, or was at least sponging up all that negative energy. Well, we already know John's crazy. Devin is super stressed. It's all falling apart for her. She doesn't feel like that vibrant young lady she once was. Sure, she had some problems before she met John, but that was nothing in comparison to the hell she was now in. Devin quote, I wasn't allowed to take my phone with me upstairs in case I was texting another man. He would even wait for me outside the toilet. He would say, you're mine and only mine. He refused to share me, even with my family. In the end, I gave up my job because I just couldn't cope. But even with me at home full time, he was still full of accusations. My family could see he was a destructive force, but I was completely under his control. I had totally lost sight of the girl I had once been. End quote. At this point, I have to talk about coercive control, especially because Devin, who you'll be glad to know eventually gets out of this horrible situation, really wants to spread awareness about it, letting her own experience be a cautionary tale for other women so they can see the warning signs and hopefully avoid what she had to endure. Womensaid.org describes coercive control way better than I ever could. I'll link this article they have in my sources, but here's a portion of how they explain it. Domestic abuse isn't always physical. Coercive control is an act or a pattern of acts of assault, threats, humiliation, and intimidation, or other abuse that is used to harm, punish, or frighten the victim. This controlling behavior is designed to make a person dependent by isolating them from support, exploiting them, depriving them of independence, and regulating their everyday behavior. We campaigned and succeeded in making coercive control a criminal offense. This has marked a huge step forward in tackling domestic abuse, but now we want to make sure that everyone understands what it is. Coercive control creates invisible chains and a sense of fear that pervades all elements of a victim's life. It works to limit their human rights by depriving them of their liberty and reducing their ability for action. Experts like Evan Stark liken conversive control to being taken hostage. As he says, the victim becomes captive in an unreal world created by the abuser, entrapped in a world of confusion, contradiction, and fear. End quote. Yep, it's a total mindfuck. And yeah, I believe in 2015, it finally became a criminal offense. They used to brush things like this off, only taking physical abuse seriously. But man, in a lot of cases, this is worse than physical. Total manipulation and control to the point that you feel like a shell of your former self. I'd much rather take the physical beating than the mental one. Although in a perfect world, nobody should have to face either. Like I said, there's a link to that article. It's very interesting and eye-opening and could potentially be helpful to anyone who feels they're trapped in that kind of situation. You are not alone, and sadly it happens a lot more than people realize. And they tend to downplay it. Even Devin kind of did. She'd say things to herself like, Well, he hasn't been violent towards me. But like I said, violence is only one aspect of abuse. Back to the story here. Sometime near the end of May 2018, 
Devin had some friends and family over to the house. Which was surprising, because you know how John is. But what should have been a fun time, of course turned awkward, as John casually accused Devin of cheating on him in front of everybody. This is quite humiliating for her. As the guests left, Devin wanted to leave as well, but John held her back. He wasn't having it. He then lost his temper, aggressively pushing his forehead into her forehead out of frustration, making her fall to the ground. Devin says, quote, We had a huge row, and I tried to get out of the house, but he wouldn't let me go. He pushed me, and he smashed me over the head with a can. The police came, and he was arrested. End quote. Thank you, finally. That error on John's part is what it took to end it. Up to this point, he had barely raised his voice, never laid a finger on Devin, through all of this psychotic manipulation, which made it difficult for Devin to justify calling police. It seems weird to say, but it was kind of a blessing that John got physical, because that escalated behavior is what finally gave Devin the courage to call the authorities. John actually pled guilty to assault and engaging in controlling or coercive behavior. During the second hearing in mid-July of 2018, John's lawyer, Mr. Paul Treble, provided the judge with documents showing that he's trying to make changes, improve himself by seeking psychiatric help. He also tried to downplay the situation, saying, quote, It's not the worst case of its kind. He did try to seek help. He knew what he was doing was wrong. The fact that he voluntarily tried to seek help is significant, end quote. Sure, that was a step in the right direction, but he should still be punished. This guy is very unstable. After taking things into consideration, the judge, looking John right in the eyes, told him, quote, You must continue to seek and receive appropriate psychiatric and other mental health treatment. In other words, there's got to be some real progress, otherwise there is no alternative but custody. This type of behavior poses a very high risk to any other female partner. If you are making a responsible and serious effort to sort these issues out, you will get a custodial sentence, which is likely to be a suspended sentence. If I don't like the picture, you are looking at 18 months to two years. End quote. I got these last little bits of court info from an article in a newspaper called The Wigan Today. This is a local paper where they were doing extensive coverage on this story. I couldn't find anything else from uh, his next hearing in October of that year which leads me to believe that John made all the right moves to keep himself out of trouble and jail. Let's hope this wasn't all an act to save himself and that he actually made some real improvements on himself and worked on all his jealousy issues and other toxic traits so his next partner doesn't have to go through the same hell he put poor Devin through. As for Devin, last I heard she is in another relationship, a happy healthy one where she is treated right, and when she looks back at that terrible time with John, it still hurts, but she's glad she made it out on the other side. Final Devon quote, Now I can't bear thinking about what happened for all those months. I thought I loved him, but I didn't. I was vulnerable at the time, having some problems, and he took advantage of me. He is a monster. End quote. He sure is, Devon. He sure is. <laughs> And we are back. That's a wrap on episode number 83, The Paranoid Partner. Crazy stuff. If you ever find yourself in a relationship where your partner shows signs of being controlling and manipulative like that, manipulative? It's a hard one to say. Get out of there, quick. Abort, abort. 
Don't stick around hoping for things to improve. It's likely just the beginning and will escalate from there. Monsters come in all different forms, and like Devin said, John McLaughlin, behind those dreamy green eyes, was certainly one of them. As always, I want to thank Steffi for voicing the disclaimer, the operator for providing that sweet, sweet theme music, and my boo for editing this episode. You know what time it is. Listener confession time, baby. So let's get criminal, criminal. I want to get criminal. This confession comes in from a listener named Rob. He says, hey, Leroy, first time writer, long time listener. I've got two stories to share. They both happened probably around 20 years ago. Firstly, SeaWorld. I went to SeaWorld in Vallejo, California. It was originally Marine World, but then got bought out and rides were added. I got front row on the roller coaster and did what every teen does when the camera comes up. I flipped it off and then started laughing to myself. When the ride ended, I rushed to the pictures, only to find they deleted mine. I was pretty bummed out. I decided to go on the ride again, but this time something felt off. While waiting in line, I see a couple people in this office with tinted windows looking at a piece of paper and then pointing in my direction. My heart sank. Oh no. My time to get on the ride comes up, and the ride operator stops me. The manager had printed out the picture, circled me, and then asked if that was me. I almost started laughing because the picture was so funny, and the fact that they had printed it out, but I was also scared. They told me if I did it again, I'd be kicked out. Needless to say, I didn't do it again. That day. (laughs) Second story. My cousin and I were in high school, and we were hanging out one weekend bored. We decided to make the half-mile walk to Target and 7-Eleven. Along the way, we started talking to some homeless guy who decided to use us as bait to get more money. This lit off a light bulb in our heads. After the homeless guy told us to beat it because we were costing him money, we ran back to my house and decided we wanted to make some money. I cut up some cereal boxes and made signs that read, Any spare change? God bless. On the way, I rubbed dirt all over my clothes and face. We stood at a corner, and wouldn't you know it, people gave us money. I felt guilty at first, and remember trying not to laugh when someone gave me a $10 bill. We got bored and decided we wanted to get some Slurpees from 7-Eleven. On our way there, we heard sirens and got spooked. We thought for sure the cops were after us. They weren't, but we didn't know that. While running home, we see my mom. And we tried to get a ride from her, but she said no, and kept driving. Guess we were too dirty for her. While we never begged for money again, the story will always live on. Thanks, Leroy. Don't let your meat loaf. Rob. Alright, thanks, Rob. And I'll try not to let my meat loaf. Whatever that means. And yeah, don't you just love those stories that live on from your youth? Always fun to look back on. While those situations weren't technically illegal... It was some mildly questionable behavior, and I always appreciate that. So thanks for the stories, Rob. If you have a story to tell, something you want to get off your chest, whether it's petty criminal behavior, sleazy stories from your youth, a wild night at the strip club, or a time when you farted in a dude's mouth while you were 69ing after eating Taco Bell, yeah, that's very specific, (laughs) you know where to find me. Email your boy at excusemethatsillegal at gmail.com. I want to hear all about it. 
and I'm sure the rest of the Illegal Lights want to as well. If you're looking to get more Leroy in your life, come join the Neighborhood Watch on Patreon. For the price of a Big Mac a month, you'll get early ad-free releases, access to three monthly bonus shows, one regular one done in typical excuse-me-that's-illegal style, the Lunabin with myself and my bro where we talk about weird shit and just have a lot of laughs, usually at each other's expense. And then we got the new show, How Bizarre, How Bizarre, where we talk about bizarre businesses. We come across and break them down. Episode 2 of that show will be out November 5th, and trust me, it's a wild one. Patreon.com slash excuse me, that's illegal, to get in on the action. There's a link in the show notes. That's all I got for you for now. Come meet me right here in another 10 days, and I will happily serve you up another hearty helping of softcore scumbaggery. Peace.